In a week or two's time, we'll be pleased to announce that we are going to be co-authors of a new book um, and therefore a published author. So I took this opportunity to get CX experts on the RecX podcast. Makes sense, right? So RecX is going to be talking CX. And on these episodes, I'm going to be speaking with people from all over the world about all things customer experience. I created our recruitment business with values all around the customer journey and how we treat our candidates and our clients as customers. And therefore, it was pertinent that as we do this spin-off series on talking about customer experience, we can learn a number of lessons on why employers and how they're engaging their staff, but also how you keep your customers engaged and how you can attract new customers and how these attitudes are all contagious. So I hope you enjoy this new series um, and I'm really excited to, to be speaking to some really, really strong CX industry experts. We hope you enjoy it. Hi there and welcome to another episode of the RecX podcast. Um, with me today, I've got another co-author of our book, Customer Experience. It's two, um, Saab Rana, who is the founder of a company called Moopley. So handing over to you, Saab, do you want to give the listeners a quick intro? Hi, guys. Yeah. So uh, my name's Saab Rana. Um, I'm a well, CEO and founder of, of, of Moopley. Um, and yeah, my, my CX or entrepreneurial journey started as soon as I left university, really. So I've been, it, I've been in it for the last 15 odd years. Um, and yeah, just really learning from my experiences. And that's what I want to share with you today. Real. So just talk to me about your, your, your entrepreneurial journey. Um, because I think that's always a good place to start because I think let's just put this into context. Um, even though we have written in a customer experience book, we are very different to quite a few of the other co-authors in what they're writing about and the approach or the angle perhaps they're coming in at. Now you talked about theoretical versus practical. Do you want to give us a bit more insight as to what you mean by that? Yeah, I think, I think you get a, you've, you've got a lot of CX experience um, from, from individuals who look at it from a theoretical perspective. Um, and my CX experience never came from that angle. It was always a lot of learning from my entrepreneurial journey. So I, I was always very entrepreneurial, um, always looking to solve problems. Um, and as soon as I finished university, that's when I went on and um, started my, my first startup that was within the fast food chain, uh, fast food industry. Um, and although at the time I wasn't really focused on the customer experience journey, I quickly found out that it's a fundamental part of having any business. Um, and for me, it was it was about trial and error, working out things that worked and got traction, um, and then just readjusting things that didn't really. Um, but yeah, it was my CX journey. So it, it's all about the practicality um, of things that you can you can do to make sure you put customers front and center of everything you do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we've got a lot of comment on that, on that note. So, you know, I set up yet another recruitment business, um, as in, as in, that was my first, but there's about 15,000 in the, in the UK. Now you've got a similar sort of story in terms of the fast food industry. So do you want to just 
build out and, and, and to what that looked like from, um, from, from your side? Yeah, so like I say, I was, I was always very entrepreneurial, always into business. Um, and when we purchased our first, um, first outlet, we were sandwiched between a lot of a lot of what I class as the big boys. So we had the McDonald's, the Pizza Huts, the Subways, um, and being a small small business, a lot of people discount you because you don't have the brand recognition. You probably can't do what they do. Um, and for me, it was about proving them wrong. And I think I think as a as a small business, you've got to play to your strengths, and that's certainly what I talk about in my chapter in this CX2 book. Um, but it's about identifying your strengths and highlighting the sort of stronger competitions, weaker points also, and playing to those. Um, but yeah. I think, I think one thing on that is that actually, because you, your, your chapter of the book is called David versus Goliath. Um, I think people tell you not to do these things though, don't they? Because yeah, I think people buy from a brand because of the brand. Um, regardless of the industry, fast food, retail, you know, whatever it would look like, recruitment's of a very similar ilk, you know, they'll go because it's a big brand. But actually, similar to yourself, it's about the, the experience you're delivering. So what, what did you do? What was the first sort of steps that you took to start differentiating yourself um, against those, those big boys, shall we say? Um, I think as soon as I left university, I, I had a bit of experience within within the family business, um, and I, I fast realised that customers were never fast sort of front and centre of what they did, and I learned a lot from that. Uh, or, or be it, I was only there for about six to nine months, um, and I thought, well, when I have a business, I, I, I want them to be front and centre there, and it was it was all about offering the best product. And the best service that went with it so what i spent a lot of my spare time doing was assessing the big boys assessing okay what do mcdonald's what does subway what what do they have in common that makes them so good um and from a product perspective it's you can go to any subway <laughs> probably around the world and you'll get a similar kind of kind of product um service wise okay they're okay right but as a small business, you've got to you've got to differentiate yourself and be more than okay. You've got to build what I call meaningful customer relationships. And one of the first things I I noticed was, okay, every time you go to these kind of restaurants, you're never served by the same person twice, you know. And what you need more than anything else to build those meaningful customer relationships is time. And I find that found that out the hard way. And I thought, okay, we need to we need to make this kind of time certainly within our business. So we scrapped all our staff rotors and made sure we had the same front of house staff working on the same day and the same time, week in, week out. And the reason for that was I noticed I, I was always very much into the detail and the numbers. So I noticed that the same customers would more or less come on the same day. At roughly the same time right. and if you're faced with the same kind of person in front of you that gives you the time to build those relationships and within about three or four weeks it was the results were amazing you know the conversations that were coming out of those interactions just made me feel okay you know what we're on to something now we've just got to build upon it yeah 
Brilliant, brilliant. I think I think that's so 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 important, and I think that's a similar philosophy to to what I've tried to create with um, CX squared. Was how can you build relationships with people to give them a a customer experience? So that's where I think we are probably using um, the principles um, as a practical experience um, from from that side. So talk to us about. Talk to us about uh, Mooply then, because again, probably different industry. You're in the financial services, uh, tech business, um, applying the same theories of what you've experienced, but in a more practical way on the relationship building front. But how has that been going in terms of applying it since you've set up Mooply? Yeah, I think it's regardless of what industry you're in you're going to be faced with the same or similar problems you know um you're in recruitment obviously from a from the fast food service industry it was very similar kind of problem about how you could make those customers almost into your brand ambassadors um and i was always like i said i was always into detail financing was a good good strong um skill of mine um and i went into the mortgage space I think after I, I ran my first startup for 10 years before I exited, I went into the mortgage space subsequently. And I, I fast realized that customers are faced with the same problem. You know, yeah. um, you're not, you're not made to feel as a valued customer with some of these bigger brands or the bigger companies within the mortgage space. And within a subsection of that is is the kind of niche mortgage lending the very specialist kind of commercial space and i thought well okay let's just take that first of all let's see if we can get some kind of traction there and that's where mooply was born uh again we're we're using a lot more technology now than we did with the fast food side of things but we're all online but it's it's nonetheless still how do we put the customer at the center of everything? Because they're ultimately coming to us for help. Yeah. And if we can't help them, we've got to tell them, okay, why we can't help them and what they can do to, to make sure that they want, when they come back to us, they're in a much better, not only financial position, but more of a holistic position overall. And that's what a lot of lenders look at when they, when they lend. And it's about not just, um, placing those successful clients but also helping the clients that aren't quite there yet because yeah. we want them to return back to us and say okay you know what Moopley helped us out the first time because they gave us a list of things to do and now we've done those and we're coming back to you because you treated us so well the first time you know yeah it's it's, it's not so much of being transactional is it because you're, you're giving something for nothing and people forget how important that is because I think we work in a world which is so reactive, whereby people want something quickly. You know, if you give yourself, if you give your time away or you go and do something, people want something in return. Whereas actually, the reality is, if we take a more of a proactive approach, which we seem to <clears throat> both do, eventually that's going to come back round, right? Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know what, more, more than anything else, that's what the current situation has probably emphasised it's not just about transactions you know, it's not just about okay i'll give you this and then you'll give me this back it's it's giving things away from a position where others feel okay you know what i didn't know that or what do i need to give you because you've given me this you know it's 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 not all about that um and it is about helping ultimately 
And that's one of the key things that you need essentially to build those meaningful relationships. A lot of, a lot of bigger brands, a lot of bigger companies see customers as transactions. Yeah. And as a, as a smaller business, as someone who's trying to get traction, you've got to offer something different. And I think that's where the customer experience, certainly the way I, I've learned has come from, you know, it's about giving something back, like you mentioned, for, for nothing because customers value that. Mm. And they think, okay, you know what? These guys are genuine because if you weren't genuine, you wouldn't almost give things away for free, right? Yeah, absolutely. How how did your so let's get if we could go back to um, you know when you when you're running this fast food business? How how bought in were your em, employees, your staff? Because actually, in that sort of uh, fast churn industry um, where you know rotors and flexibility is quite a big part of off that that retail side um how did you get them bought in um i think there was a lot of participation on their part you know um first of all i was a very inexperienced business owner i have yeah. never ran a business before again all of the ideas i had were in my head and it's very difficult to run a business on your own you've got to you've got to get people bought into your vision and then ask them, okay, look, this is what I think I want to do. Do you guys have another opinion on that? And it was all about that constant feedback loop with everyone being a stakeholder, including the, the front of house employees, our, our chefs, and obviously our customers, and then just improving on what we had. I think you're very right. that they, they have to be bought into your vision. Mm -hmm. And I think I had a very strong vision of what I wanted our customer journey to look like and okay. it wasn't perfect at the start don't get me wrong but with all their iterations with all the feedback from from our customers from our employees we got we got very good at it mm. did you did you have um do you have an idea of what you wanted your culture and your values to be before you started thinking about customer journey or do you feel that the culture and the value side came after you uh, perhaps defined roughly what your customer journey would look like um, good question. I had a rough idea what I wanted our values to be, um, but it wasn't something that I put a lot of thought into. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, it was just building a successful business. Customer service almost came came secondary to that, but I fast realized it's, it's paramount to have a successful business. And then I suppose the values and, and the ethics almost followed from there. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it all came out through conversations with, with our employees, you know, um, with our customers, because they would normally say, oh, it's a great place to walk into because you guys are always smiling. You've got that friendly atmosphere, you know, and that's where our values came from because it was, we were doing it um, unconsciously, you yeah. know, um, and I know you get, you get a lot of companies who, where you walk into the HQ and they've got their values plastered over their walls. Yeah. Um, no employee would think that makes me feel that working here makes me feel like that, you know? Um, whereas our values actually came from working, you know, they, they sort of organically sprouted and that's what we put on our wall, the yeah. stuff that we were doing, not the other way around. We'll put it on our wall and we've got to do this. Yeah. No, I, I like that because, you know, I, I was quite strong with our company values uh, before I set up the business. I, I knew what they were, so they still are those things. 
But I think the reality is, is that actually, before you start then talking to customers about your story or your journey, only then will it actually become more of a realistic sort of outcome, if that makes sense. Um, but one thing I, I do want to ask you then, same question, with Moonkly, how have you approached it? Have you approached it in the same way? No, completely the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> completely the opposite. Um, obviously, being a technology company and obviously within the financing space, I, I, I did a lot of reading with the likes of the values that you get from bigger companies like um, Netflix, Walt Disney, um, companies that are within the tech space, you know, the, the, the Omfidos, the Monzos, and looking at, okay, what were their values almost? And taking a slight leaf from, the, from, from their book, try to say, okay, you know what, this is what we want to stand for. But a lot of that also came from my learnings with my first startup, you know, learning, okay, this is what we need to do to make sure that we, when we get employees, before they even come on board, that they're sold on what we're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that comes very early on. That's like in the job description when they apply, right? That's yeah. like, look, this is what we stand for. Mm -hmm. Is this you? Does this resonate with you guys? If so, who mm -hmm. is the place to work? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to discover that after they walk through the door and you realize, hold on, they've got a completely different mindset um, to the way that we are as a company and the way that we're going. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it was an amalgamation of my experience within the fast food industry and learning from the technology companies around us. Yeah, because I, I tell you what, the reason I ask you is because um, I think there's still a lot of job descriptions that I get sent to go and recruit for businesses. And the first page is, so it's a job title, um, responsibilities, role, essential skills, desirable skills. And then at the bottom, you've got benefits. And when I say benefits, you're talking about, you know, holidays and, you know, pension and all this. And then, you know, first question I go back to a, to a business is go, okay, I get your recruitment for that, but what's your values? What's your culture? And I, and I think actually, I still, I've got a handful of businesses that are starting to really adhere to that, that understanding. But actually now their first page of the job description isn't about the job. It's about what their mission statement is, what their vision is, and then what they stand for, what their values and their culture is, because that's far more important. Because if you're hiring for a technical person, for example, that's far more easy to train uh, or to improve and, and develop than it is to get the cultural fit um, and I think the more that businesses especially within the space I recruit for tech which is saturated with businesses fighting for the same talent um, you know it's, it's so important to actually adhere to what you stand for um, and so that's why I was asking you um, I really wanted to get that understanding yeah and I think and I think secondly as well you make an interesting point we look at customers from a paying customer perspective but our employees are customers also, right? Absolutely. And I think that's why employers almost forget that because you've still, you've still got to sell your company to yep. prospective employees, you know? Um, and if they don't feel that their values align with yours, yep. then you're not going to be, be able to get access to the, that, that, that top level of talent. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we as employers definitely need to focus on that. Say, okay, you know what, our, our employees, our customers also. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. So in terms of your, your journey um, at the moment, um, 
how how did you get to um, to write in in the book? How did you um, hear about? So so Moopley is is part of the NatWest fintech accelerator out of Birmingham. Um, and I met, met a gentleman there by the name of Naeem um, Asif, and he's actually the uh, project lead on this on this on this book. Um, and obviously, he put it out there. He was he was looking for authors um, with a with a CX experience or with a story to tell. Um, and I put my hand up, really similar <laughs> similar to you, I suppose, um, because it was something that I wanted to share. Um, I wanted to say guys look i've been through this very early on and this is my learnings yeah. uh and hopefully anyone reading reading my chapter can take some some positives away from that certainly as a small business owner mm. um but yeah that's that's how i virtually got got sort of involved no good yeah it was yeah similar 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 story i didn't i didn't know about it actually he approached me and i don't know if it's something to do with the fact that my business is called CX squared. I don't know if there was some synergy between that, but, <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, it was, it's really good to, to share the story, especially as a um, sort of startup, if you like, similar to yourself. Um, I think it's really important to be able to talk about those stories too, and in terms of how we differentiate ourselves to our competitors, uh, if you like. Um, really good story, um, Saab. So uh, thank you for, for sharing that with me. One thing I've been asking, everyone on the podcast to conclude in terms of their uh, their journey to here is to talk about if you could give one bit of advice or a message um, to other employers um, when it comes to customer experience what would that message or that bit of advice be I think you've given some great snippets by the way but you know if you could give give, give one bit of advice based on your own experiences I think coming from a, an employer perspective, so I've seen it from, 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 that, from that angle, um, I think there's, there's a lot of business decisions that, that take place without, without customers being almost involved in that. And I think for me, any and every business decision that's taken should have an element of, okay, what does this look like for the customer? You know, um, we didn't have a problem with that at, at, the, at the fast food startup because I was always very wary of, okay, what does this look like with a customer? So when you've got that from, from, from a CEO, from, from, the higher, um, from the hierarchy almost, that customer experience kind of um, element isn't lost. And even at Moobly, whenever we take a decision, it's always, okay, we're doing this. But what does that actually look like for the customer? Are they actually getting any value from the decisions or the, the procedures we're inputting? And that's the one thing I would say to employers is any decision you take, just make sure you take into account of what that looks like for the end customer. Yeah, I love that. Love that bit of advice. Saab, it's been a pleasure. Um, I look forward to catching up with you in real life um, at some point. Um, but thank you for being on the show. Um, and just lastly, if people want to get hold of you, they want to pick your brains on a couple of things, um, you know, maybe want to visit your website, hear a little bit more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, Dan. Um, I'm, I'm on, on LinkedIn, so reach out. It's Sabrana. Um, the current startup's called Moopley, so you can, you can sort of go online and have a look at the amazing things we're, we're trying to achieve within, within the financing space. 
Um, so it's www.rupli.co.uk. But yeah, happy to happy to uh, help wherever I can. So please reach out. Perfect. Saab, thank you. Thanks, Dan.